in the previous uh, question and answer session, the question asked was how to present Torah, and we discussed how the important point about presenting Torah is that it's presented honestly. A person doesn't try and change the Torah to make it more palatable to the audience, or lessen the severity of what's important, or find kudas because of which aren't justified or pihalacha to make it easier for people to observe, or change the ashkafa of Torah, so to speak, to justify what people are doing. So we spoke about those three principles. That the Torah is presented be'emes, we know Hashem salesman, so to speak. Our job is to, not to, so to speak, make the Torah change in a way which people would be happier to take it. We have to present the Torah as it is, that's the emes. We have to present the halach as it is. And we don't justify mistakes that people within our ranks make either. Those are the points we spoke about last time. The follow-up question, which is definitely worthy of discussion, is, if that's the case, does the Torah expect a person never to do anything wrong? A person is meant to do, be perfect and never make mistakes? Which is a fair question, and people are going to ask that, because uh, you're expecting them to live up to a certain standard, always. And a person assessing themselves realistically might think, I'm not capable of that. And if that's the case, does the Torah make allowances for someone sometimes to make to do wrong, not to do what it has to do? Or is the expectation that a person's always mechoyuk to do everything, never allowed to fall? And if that's the case, is it realistic for a person to be able to do that? Which is a good question, because we know that the materials of people is that people aren't perfect, and people do make mistakes. But, even if, like we say about Hashem, Ki hu yada yitzrein v'zachar ki ofrein achmo, Hashem knows you have a yitzhara, we knows you're weak, we, we just offer, we're not uh, something powerful that can always withstand the yitzhara. But the important distinction which needs to be drawn is that, we never allowed L'Chathchila to make a mistake. There's never a time when we were told that, you know, you've, you've tried so hard or you've done so much, so now you have a sanction. Now you're allowed to do something wrong. L'Chathchila, a person's always meant to do the right thing. L'Chathchila, a person's always meant to keep the Torah. The nature of a person is that they're not going to be able to do that. But then, the way to present that is... Hashem has made the framework for people to fix things up. Hashem has created the concept of Tshuva, and we're meant to be using that. And therefore, of course, the Chathchila, we're meant to keep the Torah properly. And we never have a day off that we don't have to daven because we've had a streak of 100 days and now we've given us, so to speak, a, a bonus or a vacation day. And there's never a time where we've, if we've tried so hard to avoid doing an Averis and now we're allowed to do something wrong. If the Torah is Emes, then Emes is always like that. Something which is Emes is always going to be Emes. It's always true. And if it's hard for a person to understand that point, we can explain it very simply. And that is, if something is, let's say, physically dangerous to a person, well, it's going to harm him. It's going to endanger his life. So the fact that for the last hundred days he's been careful, 
doesn't mean that now it's, he doesn't have to be careful anymore. If a person always watches, looks both directions carefully before crossing the street. So we understand ourselves, there's no logic in saying, you know what, I've done it so many times already, give me a day off, tomorrow I want to run into the street without looking. It's not going to change anything. If it's a dangerous thing to do, it's potentially life-threatening. So it doesn't make a difference how many times you've done it right in the past. Or it doesn't make a difference how much it's a, a person has a temptation not to do that. The facts remain the facts. What's dangerous is dangerous. What's a sakana is a sakana. And if a person understands ruchness in the same terms, so then again, you understand it doesn't make a difference. Yes, a person has a time to do something wrong. Yes, they're fighting hard being misguided. Well, no, you're fighting the urge to eat poison. And that the man, the fact that you have successfully avoided eating poison for the last day, week, month, year, whatever it's going to be, doesn't mean that now you should go and eat it. Because uh, it's going to be equally harmful to you now as it was the first time. And therefore the expectation of terror never allows a person to do wrong. There's never a case where you had, now, now you're allowed a day off, now you're allowed to to relax your standards. The standards are MS. And they're very harmful. And it's always going to be harmful. And we can add to that. It doesn't make a difference if it's Ben Ismailim, if it's Purim, if it's Yachal whatever other time of year it might be. The same thing applies. Just like on these times also, things which are physically dangerous remain physically dangerous. And the fact that a person is doing something dangerous just because it's a different kind of day doesn't mean that he's not going to get harmed by it. If that's the case, it's something applies to Ruchnis. But the big difference, and that also needs to be taught, is that in Ruchnis is the possibility of Chuba. Which means, when it comes to the things that are physically dangerous, a person avoids eating something poisonous. He really wants to for whatever reason, but he tries hard, he avoids it, he fights the urge, on the whole it's successful, but then one time he ate it. Couldn't help himself. That time he's going to suffer the consequences. He's going to end up in hospital, he's going to get sick, Chas he could even die. And even though, by right, the same thing should apply to Ruchnius too. And that is, a person fought the urge to kill themselves spiritually, successfully for a long time, that's wonderful. But the one time that they fall, then what should be, is the effect of that urge have its effect on them. But here's a big Shiddush. And that is, there's a possibility of Chavah. There's a possibility of Chiva, which means HaKadosh Baruch is prepared to take into the account that a person made a mistake and stop the effect that the Aver is meant to have. Or even reverse the effect that the Aver has already had. And therefore, yes, we can't present the Torah in a way that it's optional. We can't present the Torah in a way that if sometimes a person doesn't keep it, it's not serious. It is serious. It's eating poison. It's endangering yourself. But on the other hand, we have to present that there's children. And that if a person does make a mistake, that's not the end of the world. In the sense of, it's something that a person can fix up. And that's important at every stage. Because whether a person who's a beginner to Yiddishkeit is wondering about himself, how he's going to keep the new laws he's found out about, so he's going to manage to restrain himself from whatever he's done in the past, on an ongoing non-stopping basis or sometimes people look to from society and they see people who ostensibly shame return or and they see them doing things wrong 
So if you see a, a seemingly a religious person doing something wrong, does that mean that he's not a religious person? So like I said before, really that's not a discussion which is worth getting into. Because the point of what you're trying to do is not justify people. And therefore to discuss in the individual, if he's right, if he's wrong, that's not that's neither here nor there. Let's say he's wrong. What does it make a difference? We're presenting the Torah. And what the Torah expects is what's right. And if a person isn't living up to the Torah, so then that's wrong. Regardless of the way he dresses, regardless of the reputation, regardless of anything else about him. Except, if it's then going to become a thing, well then no one's really keeping the Torah. Because if you're going to look at anybody, with maybe very few exceptions, you'll find they're doing things wrong. We're going to have to explain the same answer, because that applies to us too. And that is, the Torah's standard is the absolute emiss. That's what a person's meant to be doing. But, we are all people, and people can make mistakes. And as long as it's understood, we made a mistake, and we're going to try to travel, we're going to improve in the future, Hashem accepts that. And therefore, therefore, yes, we're all working towards achieving the level of absolute Shemiris Mitzvahs, of complete compliance with the Shulchan Aruch. Many people might not be holding by that yet. But the fact that they're trying, and that they haven't given up, and they're trying again, and they're going to achieve if they do wrong, that itself means a person's on the derech, a person's on the path to eventually getting closer to that goal. And like we know the Chazal tell us, that Kishavah Yepul Tzadik will come, and Tzadik will fall many times until he becomes a Tzadik. Again, there's a distinction. That doesn't mean Tzadikim are allowed to fall. Tzadikim aren't allowed to fall. That doesn't mean if a bat, there's a big difference between saying statistically, will a person always be able to have Kavana and Davini? Statistically, will a person never be over on an Isra of Shmira Seinayim, whatever other Isra you can think of? And even you're going to say statistically it's impossible. A person by nature being a person is going to be Nechshon somewhere along the line. That may be the case. But that doesn't mean in any given situation that in this particular situation he has a hatter to do it. In the case in front of him right now, so he has to misgabber. He's given the challenge, a challenge which is meant to overcome, and is meant to overcome. Yes, the odds are that out of so many challenges that a person confronts in life, he's not necessarily going to be 100% successful. But that doesn't mean that if in any given case, he doesn't have to try. And if it's going to happen that there are those times where he's not, that's what you have to ever for. That's what you have to ever for. And the point of Chava is to give us the ability, so to speak, to regain what we lost. So, we can explain both without it being a steer. We don't lower the Torah standard. The Torah standard is absolute. The Torah's expectation is shleimus. But, not everybody is holding by getting to that level of shleimus. At least not yet. And that doesn't mean that a person isn't mukhif. It just means that a person has to work to towards that goal. And especially if you're going to talk about things which a person can't improve in one go. It's an ongoing struggle. And it's something which takes a lifetime or even many years to conquer. So then does that mean that the Torah wants a per- allows a person to do the wrong thing? Let's talk about Midas, for example. For a person to correct their Midas is the work of a lifetime. We have that on good authority, Mr. Al-Salanda said so. 
So does that mean that a person therefore is allowed to have bad mitzvahs for most of their life? Or for a good part of their life? And the answer is no. The Torah doesn't allow the wrong thing. But because it's something which is based on a, 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 the what's, near, what's the growth, so to speak, stages, path of a person, so it's understood that the nature of a person is going to try, and sometimes he'll be successful, and other times he won't, and he's going to pick himself up and try again. And the big difference is that if we're going to condone something, the chathchila, that in the circumstances the person isn't meant to do better, or he's allowed to do things wrong every so often. Firstly, like we said before, logically it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because if the mitzvahs of Averis that Averis is dangerous, it's always going to be dangerous. If the mitzvahs of doing something wrong that is harmful to a person spiritually, it's always going to be harmful spiritually. What's the difference if uh, what his track record was until now? But besides for that, there's another point too. And that is Nashkafa. If we're going to allow, so to speak, someone to do something wrong, and just like we said previously, that if a person starting to get, learn to keep Torah mitzvahs, and he's presented with all the halachas in one go, and he's going to think this is overwhelming, there's no way I'm going to be able to keep everything. So he comes back to the one who taught him, his teacher, his makara, whatever it's going to be, and he's going to say, listen, I can't do so much. Tell me what I have to do and what I don't have to do. So like we said yesterday, one can't answer a question like that. Even though we went, might take the most Homer Dicker thing, and we might take the ones which are more central, the Isurim Darais as opposed to Isurim Darabonan, the Isurim Shavakoros as opposed to Isurim Elav, but that's presented in the way of there's different levels of severity of Aver, this is a more Homer Aver. But like we said in the previous year, as soon as a person is going to say, this one you don't have to do, it means a person is giving a dispensation in the Chathira to somebody to go against the Halacha. So firstly, that's also. We aren't sanctioned to do that. Hashem doesn't allow us to tell people not to keep the halacha. That is a bigger problem too. And that is that a problem, the person then will never feel bad about it. They'll never feel guilty, he'll never do tshuva because he's going to think, yeah, I was given permission, so to speak, not to keep this. And the same applies over here. If you're going to say, yes, Hashem understands we do things wrong. People are people. But it's going to come across and therefore we're allowed to, to do things wrong. So then the person will never do tshuva for that. He'll never do tshuva because he's allowed to. I was given a certain sanction. I was given a leniency. And then it's okay. And if it's okay, the person will never improve. And we made that all the things they're going to do wrong are better the fault of the person who gave them the hatha. Let's give a simple example. Something which we can relate to as well. Imagine a person who's a Shemish Shabbos. But he has a question. He wants to know, can, is he allowed to is he allowed to put food on the blech and Shabbos to heat up? And uh, yes, it's, uh, assuming the food is properly cooked, it's exerted the Rabbanan, it's exerted because of chiti, and uh, maybe today chiti is not as appropriate because we don't have coals, whatever the case may be, it's not for sure, but let's say somebody thinks, you know what, it's on your maybe it doesn't apply today, and I'll tell him it's mutter. So if a person hears mutter, that means he's going to t- do this the rest of his life. He asked, he was told it's mutter. He's never going to think twice about am I doing the wrong thing. He's never going to change. I was told it's mutter. Masha'enken, if a person gets told it's also, there's no dispensations. But if a person makes a mistake, he can do each other. 
So then, even if he does the wrong thing, even if he understands it's impossible for a person to be perfect and he makes the mistake, but the critical point is he'll do tshuva. He'll do tshuva. And the Shem accepts tshuva. But if a person thinks something's mutter, what's he going to do tshuva for? He didn't think he did anything wrong. And therefore, here also, is it possible for a person always to do the right thing? That a person will never make mistakes? No, it's not possible. Does the Torah expect that? Yes. Is that a stirrer? No. Because the Torah is expecting us to do the right thing, and the Torah is also expecting us to do tshuva if we don't do the right thing. It's not the same thing as saying the Torah gives us the right to do the wrong, to do the wrong thing. Now, even on a lower level, even if a person would say to someone who's a beginner, and you'd say, look, you know, right now I understand you can't do everything, so right now you only have to do A, B, C, and later on when you're more used to keeping Torah, when you're more used to the, the, whatever it is, the lifestyle of being religious, then you can keep the next few things as well. Once again, that's also awesome. That's also awesome. Let's look at it from the Torah's perspective. Does the Torah accept the concept of Jews not keeping the Torah? For whatever reason. And the answer is no. We have a concept of a Tinek Shaneshma who doesn't know that he's Jewish. And if that's the case, he's an Oynes. He's an Oynes, not that it's mut of him not to give the Torah. He's an Oynes that there's no way he could have known about the Torah. He didn't know what Yiddishkeit was. He's never met a Jew in his life. That's the real Tinek Shaneshma. A child who was captured by a Goyim, brought up by a Goyim, didn't know he was Jewish, or didn't know who Jews were. So then his tiny is, I didn't know better. Not I'm allowed to do the wrong thing. And as soon as a person does know better, then he has to do better. And if that's the case, the Torah doesn't really halachically sanction something of a person who knows what he's meant to do, but isn't up to doing it yet. If a person knows what he's meant to do, he's meant to do it too. On the other hand, if a, if a, is a person going to successfully, realistically be able to change his life overnight in such a dramatic fashion? Possibly not. But then again, the way to present that as it's the person who's doing chiva. And the person has to do chiva what he's done wrong in the past and a person has to work on doing chiva what he's not doing right now. Not that the Torah allows it. Because if one says the Torah allows it, for a person who's beginning, the Torah allows him to only be over, keep some it's not others. For a person starting off, the Torah allows him to do something wrong not others. Firstly, that's not Torah. The Torah doesn't allow it. But also, secondly, the person then will feel that he doesn't have to do other for the things which he's ostensibly being allowed to do because he's a beginner. Now, if there is grounds to allow it, we've spoken about this in Halaf Hashem a number of times, if there is grounds to do something, there's some things in Allah which are subject to a machlaikis. And there's some things which they have different shittas about. And if there's a valid, reliable shittas which holds something's mutter, then one can say it's mutter. Not everybody has to keep the most machmir opinion 100%. And for sure, if it's uh, something which can be relied on, Pesach, who's Ba'astamcha, then for, of course we're allowed to teach somebody a shittas which is more makeup. But we're not doing anything wrong because the Torah allows that. Whether it's the Shamazam Arbach who's Matirat, or the Moshe Feinstein who's Matirat, or the Aruch HaShulchan who's Matirat, or the Mishnah Buru who's Matirat, doesn't make a difference. It's a Poisek which is Mechan, and therefore we're not doing a disservice to the Torah by giving someone that opinion. There is such a valid opinion, that's Torah. And even if a person himself is more Machmet or a different opinion, or a person wants to be a Kalashitis, good for you. 
you don't have to mechayev it in somebody else. But there has to be the shita which is matter. And I want to say not just the shita which is matter, it has to be the ahalakhically accepted shita which is matter. To say, well, there is such a day in the Rishonim. Well, there is such a tzad which is mentioned in the in the shakla v'tari of the surga. But it's not paskand la halacha. It doesn't help you. Then it's not halacha we can deal with. The shit of the Me'iri or the Ritva, whoever it might be, in a certain surga or the Aruch or any other Rishon, if it's not the halacha la and it's not the Klayishol paskan, so it doesn't help us. Because we paskan halacha the way that Klayishol has been given halacha to paskan. And therefore, even for someone who's beginning, we can't change what the halacha is. We can't make the Asr into Muta. So how's a person going to keep everything right away? Once again, it has to be framed in the, situa- in the sense of what's expected from the person. This is what's meant to be done. Now a person doesn't feel you can do everything. Look, this is, what's me- this is what it means to keep Shabbos. And uh, if a person was meant to do what they can do and what they can't do, hopefully they'll regret that they're not doing enough and they'll, get, they'll, they'll do more. But that can't be with the hatter that either you aren't expected to do more. We can't lower the standards of the Torah. And then the last point I want to talk about this issue, and that's when it comes to malice as well. You know, just when we talk, we look at the Messiah Sashari, and we see a list of levels that a person can reach. And someone who's just beginning is going to say, what, so it's being expected of me to me now to act like a Kaddish, like a Parish, like a Chassid? The levels exist. The person has to grow to get there. And therefore, instead of saying, no, right now you part, so don't even think about it. It's more, the Torah is set apart for a person to rise, to elevate themselves. A person has to work on it. As much as he's able to do, he should do. Not to jump levels, not to do things which are above a person's ability. But also, on the other hand, it can't be a matter that therefore he's part, so he doesn't have to try. A person is meant to grow. A person is meant to grow as much as he's able. How much am I able? They never decide it for themselves. I can tell you what the right thing to do is. You decide yourself how much you're able to do. That doesn't mean I'm justifying not doing more. But like in everything, how much does a person learn meant to learn every day? What's the Khir of Talmud Torah? The Khir of Talmud Torah is Yemen Balayla. What's the Khir of Ebimunah? 100% in everything. So what's expected of me? If anyone individual is going to ask the question, you have to decide it for yourself. I can give you the parameters. Now you have to be the one to make it's this part of the prayer, which everybody has for themselves. Understand for yourself how you're going to apply this to your circumstances. How you're going to incorporate this within your life. Because then that's not the Rav's decision. That's not the Mashpia's decision. That's everyone's decision for themselves. And hopefully, if the principles are clear, and they understand what they're meant to be doing, so then that's the decision which is going to get revisited. Because the, if the standard of terror is absolute, and the only question is, what's my ability to keep it? So then hopefully my ability will change. Hopefully I'll look to see myself, when I assess myself again, and I'll see I'm actually capable of more. But if I'm going to lower the standard, then it's not up to the person to think something's changed. It's clear that we've changed the terror, which is wrong. The Torah remains the same. It's the person that changes, and that's for the person themselves to decide. That's their understanding, that's their bechir, that's their growth, how much they're going to change to conform to the absolute elements of Torah.